Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Jamie Wilkerson. Hello. Jamie, I don't know about you, but the weather's turning up here where we live in Indiana. It's beautiful, the autumn is, is. but there's a little chill. And at first I thought, I'm going to like this lot, but the older I get, the more I want some more warm weather which takes me south, which, oh, if I think about the Caribbean, palm trees, white beaches, Mm -hmm. that, you know, aquamarine. Then I think about all the places in the Caribbean that, you know, you could go. There's some beautiful islands, aren't there? Oh, yes. But there are also some desperate needs in the Caribbean. It's not all about fancy hotels and cruise ship stops. That's what a lot of times we think of in this country. And one of the most dynamic and interesting places in that whole part of the world is Haiti. We're so proud to have with us guests today who know Haiti very well because they actually live there most of the time. And they are at work on the ground with Haitian friends helping to make Haiti even more than it is today. Stay with us. Okay, Jamie, if I say the word Haiti... Give me some things that come to your mind. It might be more than just one, just a couple of things. Whenever I think of Haiti, it's always strength. I always think of some of the most strongest, most dignified people in the world. Why do you think that? Because I've gotten a chance to get to know some Haitian people, and I have Haitian friends, and I've gotten a chance to just kind of be in their world, well, here in America, and see their lives. Just no matter what they, they go through, they always press to continue. They always persevere. They never give up. And and so it's been very inspiring for me. And uh, you, you're you identifying a, a character trait of people who come from Haitian culture. Yes. That they have this kind of resiliency. Mm-hmm. Anything else about Haiti apart from that? What, what else would come to your mind? <laughs> Haitian food. <laughs> Haitian food. So, okay. So, so what about it? What, what so can I get you it. Well, I, you know what? I get, I got it. I've had a chance to, because I grew up in Chicago, it's sort of a melting pot. And so I've gotten a chance to you know, just taste cuisine from all over the world. And my mother uh, was a culinary art professor. And so I've gotten a chance to, you know, taste food from all over the world. And so one of the things that I was privy to was being able to go to the taste of, like an international um, taste of Chicago um, adventure. So anyway, I just, I like Caribbean food anyway. So, you know. And there's a uniqueness to Haitian there's cuisine. It's very unique. Yeah. I've had some very spicy (laughs) dishes. I'm I'm for it. When I hear the word Haiti, I have some visual images in immediate proximity because I've been to Haiti. And one of the things that I just even listening to you talk right now and thinking about it is it's this like street scene in Port-au-Prince, which is the capital. And it was just filled with this kind of like quasi-French colonial architecture that looks a little bit run down, but still has a lot of charm. And these street merchants under fantastically different colored umbrellas and and their clothing was, I mean, it was just a riot of color and life and the sound of people in the street and the, the laughter and the talking and the moving and the shuffling. I mean, it was just like being dropped into the most amazing movie set of life and energy, very dynamic. And that's what I think of first up. But then I also think about rural Haiti, which I've also visited, which has a kind of stark beauty. It's often deforested, but the the landscape is undulating. There are sharp ridges and mountains and blue sky. And then I think it's really hot there most of the time. Well, what are we talking about Haiti for? Because Mark and Kathy Fulton, who actually 
find home in Haiti these days are with us. And they are the experts insofar as the studio is concerned about Haiti today. And we're so glad to have you, Mark and Kathy. Thanks for coming alongside. Glad to be here. Great to be here. Now, so far, you've been listening to us talk about Haiti. You've lived there for five years. For 22 years before that, you were visiting routinely. Are we off base? Are we, are we identifying things that you would say, oh, yeah, we can see that? Oh, yeah, the food is amazing. I can't make it very well. <laughs> I got a lesson in how to make ziriak pois, uh, rice and beans, and every Haitian I asked to describe the recipe started off with li facile, which means it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> I did not it's find not. it as easy. <laughs> but yeah, the cuisine is amazing, but it is a beautiful blue ocean, uh, all teals, uh, cobalt blue ocean, the mountains, there's pine forests, there's rich red soil up in the mountains. It's It's really incredible. I think there's like 11 different, what do they call them, biomes or climate zones. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's very diverse and beautiful, and the, the Haitian people are resilient. It's a cacophony of, of color and of sound, and it's a, a people first and others first type of uh, culture. It is, wouldn't be polite for me to go up to you and, and like we would in, in our culture here in Indiana and say, could you give me directions too, unless I first said, Hello, Jim. How are you? How's the family? Is everything okay? Now I can ask directions. Right. right. There's, there's always a certain kind of order to Absolutely. interaction mm-hmm. that puts the other person in view. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you, Kathy, just uh, referred to getting advice from some of your Haitian friends about cooking, mm-hmm. and you're suggesting Creole. That's the language of Haiti. What do people speak there? I mean, we're, we're Anglophones here talking in English, but that's not the language of Haiti. What's its etymology of language? Oh, I know about this one. Um, actually, I believe uh, Haiti has two official languages, French and Haitian Creole. Uh, every Haitian would know French or Haitian Creole, but but the French is typically spoken by people who are more well-to-do and, and some others too. But you don't necessarily always have the opportunity to communicate in French. But um, back in the day, when the when the slaves came over and they had their African dialect or the African language speaking to the French owners, they came up with what's called a pidgin. That's kind of like a language halfway in between. Well, um, and that's just a generic term, pidgin. But when children are born into that pidgin as their first language, it's called a creole. And that's where we get, that's just a generic term. But Haitian Creole specifically then is that language that's spoken that's got some African in it and some French in it. And uh, would you say you have become fluent in Creole now? Mm, Mark's more fluent. (laughs) (laughs) I I still have an accent. I still can communicate, but uh, I'm definitely not, a Haitian native speaker. No, we're conversational. <laughs> we're conversational. But, mm-hmm. but I'm hearing you describe Creole as just kind of um, anchored in French in some ways and anchored in native African languages, and it mm-hmm. comes to the middle. Mm-hmm. But if I spoke Creole or if I was born Creole, mm-hmm. uh, it's likely I could navigate some French because they're similar, close. Mm-hmm. And vice yeah. versa, perhaps. Some. Yeah, ish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's consequent to the fact that this island of Hispaniola, which actually is occupied by two countries, the Dominican Republic on one side, which speaks Spanish as its mm-hmm. uh, official language these days, and Haiti, which has French and Haitian Creole as its official languages, was during the colonial age uh, subsumed by these European powers. Mm-hmm. But Haiti has been independent for quite some time and has had some real challenges during its years of independence, well, certainly did under the colonial age, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
you are now resident there because you felt like that God called you to move there, having spent many years visiting and working alongside people in Haiti who um, long for new and better days for their country, always trying to improve things because there's some desperate poverty there. People understand that, I think. But there's also a lot of life there and a lot of brilliance there. Mm -hmm. So you work in a hospital alongside a team of others, 64 member staff, I think. Some of them top-tier doctors, gynecologists, anesthesiologists, uh, specialists in prosthetics and eye and dentistry, which is your vocation there, Mark. They're Haitians. You're part of that team, helping them as best you can to develop that work into sustainability. It's a Christian hospital because Jesus is is the reason the hospital's there, because mm-hmm. people felt called, not just you, but the Haitians. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell us about how that how that impacts the hospital work. So what makes this hospital Christian, you might say? Well, first of all, the day starts before the patients are checked in for our patient clinic with being led in prayer and usually song and uh, a time of worship for all the people waiting. It's a first come first serve type of clinic. So we always have a huge crowd in the morning and that crowd is led by either a member of our staff who may may or may not be a member of the local church or uh, somebody from the local church who uh, comes specifically for that time of worship. So we want them to know first and foremost why we do what we do. We do it in the name of Christ. We do it in the name of service of Christ. We do it in the name of providing hope beyond the suffering that they may be going through at the time. So that in and of itself begins our day. As the day progresses, there are, are times that there are people from the church that stop by and pray and We're developing a program now of a chaplaincy type program to bring Christ even further into the realm of the the hospital day and the hospital night. So two things uh, came to my mind as you were talking there, Mark. One, nobody comes to the hospital front door and seeks care without getting the idea. They get the message. These are Jesus people here. Uh, I may not be a Jesus person as a patient, but the people who are here to help me are Jesus people. And secondly, there's a local congregation, there are other, there's a community of believers in this community, in this town that also is engaged and comes alongside, as you're describing, to come visit and help and build bridges. And that community of believers was the uh, initial impetus for the foundation of this hospital. They took the initial offering because they saw the need and they wanted to do what they could from a fiscal standpoint to help make that a reality. Jamie, as we started our program today, I said, what comes to mind when I say the word oh, Haiti? And, <laughs> and you named some of the characteristics of Haitian friends you have, the strength of their character and their resiliency, the cuisine. I talked about the riot of color I saw in the streets of Port-au-Prince and so on. But there's some other things that, I, if I were to be honest, I'd think, oh, I think about this too when I think about Haiti. And one of those is kind of an odd concept, but I think it's a real thing, and that's voodoo. So... Have you ever seen voodoo in a movie, Jamie, or, you know, run across I, a story or had a reference point made in some kind I've heard, yeah, I've heard about it, but I don't really know that much about voodoo. Well, and I don't really know so. much about it either, but it's, I know the term voodoo. And then yes. when I say voodoo, I think of dolls with pins stuck in them and so on. It's kind of a cult practice. Oh, yes. But it seems a little bit like Hollywood. I mean, honestly, 
is that is that really something that people would embrace? Mm-hmm. Now, what we know about it is just kind of a surface, maybe a Hollywood presentation, but I think in Haiti, actually, there are some spiritual streams that reflect some of those ideas. What do the Fultons say who actually live there? It is a reality. It's a belief system that certainly exists uh, in the Haitian culture. It is a festival of sorts that happens most nights uh, in certain areas of Haiti, not everywhere, of course, but there is a belief system. There's a respect for voodoo. There's a a fear of voodoo, and there uh, certainly is a lot of service uh, by the voodoo witch doctors to not only help for prosperity, but to help with medical needs of some of the same patients we see at our hospital. So how would you describe it, voodoo, as a, as a stream of thought, as a, a belief system? We haven't really been engaged in voodoo, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not Haitian. We, yes, didn't, yes, right. we weren't born and, and raised there, so um, our understanding of it probably is very surf- superficial. Um, I do know there's black magic and white magic. Um, the Christians that we know that we work with at the hospital who attend the local congregation there um, believe in the power of voodoo, though they believe as Christians they shouldn't be practicing voodoo. Uh, sometimes there's events um, that where there's maybe uh, parades that are voodoo-based, and the church sometimes might have um, a Christian band playing, you know, kind of mm-hmm. almost in opposition to right. it. You Competing know, to with it, kind right, of. Right, yeah. to, to, to bring the focus back to, to Jesus. But um, So I, I don't know that we could claim to be anything close to experts, but um, yeah, I I would say that most of the people, especially the local people in our area who work at the hospital, believe in the power of voodoo. They respect it as a dark force, but they see it as a a real thing, and Mm -hmm. it's in opposition to the the better life-giving power of Jesus, and so they don't want to dabble in it. That's what I'm hearing you say. That's that's been my—what I understand from conversations I've had. Sure, sure. We sometimes will have a patient at the hospital that because they don't get the results that they had hoped for from the medicine they were given, they will go to the witch doctor and then get some type of treatment there too, which, you know, if it's something that's going to resolve itself Mm -hmm. anyway, Mm -hmm. they say, well, that must have really worked. So then they will pay the witch doctor instead of us and may go there the next time and and maybe not have a good outcome from the treatment there. You have told me a story, Mark, about even the term zombie, which we see in, like, film, and uh, that's not a real thing, <laughs> Those the, the living dead, but there actually is a kind of like a bridge or kind of a, a, a meme uh, that that may have been developed from. Yeah, uh, of course, I don't consider myself an expert in zombies or uh, anything voodoo, as Kathy said, but... Uh, what we see is that uh, people from our hospital, for instance, who might go to a witch doctor, part of the treatment that they might render is to give a a, a potion or an injection uh, of something uh, generally from a puffer fish that is somewhat of a paralytic. The paralytic will decrease the respiration rate and the heart rate to the point, and then along with other medication might render them unconscious or nearly unconscious. And then as they come from this quote-unquote trance, they will have been painted up and they might wander around with the low heart rate, with the low respiration, and thus uh, becomes the and there are movies. I'm watching you in the studio, but you're 
in this kind of zombie-like <laughs> motion because they're actually just being revived. Correct. They're coming back to consciousness. But it, but it creates that, that image mm -hmm. of zombie that's adopted in a Hollywood film of, of a dead person mm -hmm. made alive again. And sometimes the witch doctor will give them too much medicine, take them too far, and they don't survive uh, that type of situation. Mm -hmm. So uh, it can be quite an unfortunate result. And all of that to say that when you have a Christian hospital where Jesus is the focus, it, it's not always just mainstreamed with everyone that comes to see you. They're, they're not necessarily familiar with Jesus in the way you are. And so that the witness of the hospital has real power too, as it provides loving care. There's a, a searching of hope when you're, when you're ill, when you can't find food, when you don't have basic necessities, you're looking for hope, for a way out. And we pray that that hope will be provided in the name of Jesus and not in the name of voodoo somewhere else. Mark and Kathy Fulton are giving their lives to a ministry of life and healing in Jesus' name in Haiti. And there is a Christian compound, a campus there, that includes a hospital at a place called St. Ard. And we are so thankful to have Mark and Kathy with us today. And you have made mention already today that there's a congregation of local believers in this community. And they, they are the ones who first imagined the hospital and, and took an offering to help launch that hospital in the first place. And they are still very active in that hospital. But tell us a little bit about that life. What would it be like to be in a community of believers, Jesus people, in St. Ard? A lot of our employees, especially the support staff, come from a local congregation, the one that we're affiliated with, that when we're in that part of the country, that's where we attend church. And that's the lifeblood of the community. In, in a place where you don't have a movie theater or a mall or there's some restaurants, but not what you would picture in your mind as a restaurant. Not, not a lot of things like that. The church is where the people meet. That's where they do life together. That's where they celebrate the Lord together. Um, that's where we go to weddings and funerals. And uh, that's where a lot of people come from the church to go to the hospital and pray for patients. And so it's a dynamic community. Absolutely. And it's also not just about itself. It's reaching out to people in their town who are not believers through the hospital and so on. They're engaging their community in very healthy and constructive ways. That Actually, the pastor, the head pastor of that church came from a, a history of voodoo before he became a Christian. And so many people who are involved in voodoo and want to find another way will come to that church because of him. They see it as a doorway. They Absolutely. see it as a doorway mm -hmm. to a new way. So exciting. Today, Haiti is in a lot of distress. There's a lot of unrest on the streets. There's political turmoil, economic turmoil, social upheaval. I know your hearts uh, ache for, for the difficulty added on top of difficulty. That's the ordinary course uh, for your family there, your brothers and sisters there. Today, as you're in this studio waiting for a green light to go back to Haiti and re-engage on the ground, how do you imagine that those people at St. Art are coping? Well, once again, the, the church stands as a doorway and a way to be in community together to help each other along the way. So the way they're coping is that they're helping hold each other up. Uh, they are also getting together and having extra prayer services and extra times when they can make it to the church that they can uh, pray that this resolve as quickly as possible. It's living together, supporting together, and becoming a community 
not only a community of St. R, but a community of Christ together that's helping them cope. I suspect that for all of us, we take those kinds of communities, experiences, like a church family, for granted until there's a crisis. And then its power and necessity really springs to life. Jesus uh, reflected to some of the people who were daring him to declare who he was. He had opponents who were always pressing his buttons, and he responded to them in John chapter 10, famously by saying, you know, the thief comes to rob, steal, and destroy. In other words, the enemy of our souls is always about the business of taking away. But I have come, Jesus said, to bring life, and life abundantly. And that's what you're describing about St. Art, it seems to me. There are forces, there are powers, there are real things that come to steal and take and destroy. But no, Jesus walks into town through that local community of believers, through the work at the hospital, to give life and to give life abundantly. Thank you for being a part of that work. And to everybody who's listening to us today, thank you for joining us in this conversation. And maybe you're wondering about where you live. Maybe there's some dark edges to your community, or maybe you've wondered, could I be a doorway to bring life to someone else? Or maybe you're not even sure that you have life and you're wondering, how do I find out more But how to live on purpose for heaven's sake? Well, you can take a step in answering all of those questions by joining us in prayer right now. Just take a deep breath and talk to God with us. Our Father, we're so thankful, Lord, that you know every one of us by name, and we thank you for your son, Jesus, who is the exact representation of you in human form, and that as he came into this world, we could see you, and we could see how you love And we can see how you are powerful for the good and how you call us to follow you. Thank you for the work at St. Ard and for the church that is in that town, for the pastor, Jean-Marie, for Mark and Kathy and all those who are engaged in the team. We pray for your blessing on them, your protection and provision for them just now especially. We pray, Lord, that all of us might find ourselves in your hands doing good and being transformed with the renewal of our minds so that we'll have minds like Jesus as a mind. And Lord, if there's anyone listening today who does not know you, who has not surrendered to you, I pray that right now they will be prompted to surrender their lives into your hand, to admit their sin, and to allow you to make them new creatures in Christ. If there's anyone listening today who's already a believer but uncertain about their course, I pray, Lord, that you will speak into their journey and hear their heart cry. And within seven days, before seven days pass, I pray that as they pray with me now, you will disclose to them something they can do, a door through which they can walk to give life to others. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you for the work in Haiti. Thank you for being with us here now. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you'd like to know more about how you can walk down the road farther with Jesus or even start the journey, give us a call. If you'd like to know how you could come alongside and help the work in Haiti, give us a call. We have a new CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope, broadcast in Creole. If you'd like to know how to help that radio work, that program project into Haiti, give us a call. If you'd like to share with us your heart cry and your prayer request, give us a call. But whatever's on your heart, dial us up, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We want to hear from you. Jamie, some people don't want to call up, though they'd prefer to go online. Where would they go? 
They can go to www.cbhviewpoint.org. CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope, viewpoint.org. Read about the ministry there online. Send us an email. We will reply. Or at the last, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, check us out online, or use the post, please, let us hear from you this week. Mark and Kathy, as always, a privilege to be in your company. Thanks for coming alongside. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Thanks, Jim. And Jamie, someday you're going to have me over <laughs> to your house so you can cook up some Haitian cuisine, I right? Know. Some, All right. Some pumpkin soup. <laughs> there you go. There we go. Thanks so much for being here. And we are so thankful that you joined us also listening in. We hope you'll be with us again next week. But until then, for all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.